gospel reading is from Luke, the third chapter, verses one through six. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Arturiae and Traconitis and Sanias, ruler of Abilene, he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Here ends the gospel reading. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod Antipas, Philip the Tetrarch, Caiaphas. These are the names of the first century power brokers, names that defined a time and a place. Tiberius Caesar had been emperor for 15 years. He was the second Roman emperor after his stepfather, Augustus Caesar. Tiberius Caesar was known as one of Roman's greatest generals conquering the north as far as Germania, securing what would become the Roman northern frontier. Pontius Pilate was the 15th governor of Judea and was one of the longest-serving governors. That means he must have known how to keep Rome happy. The role of governor was officially a military position, but the forces he had were used more as a police force than an army. Pilate was the head of the judicial system and held the power to inflict capital punishment when he wanted to use it. He was responsible for collecting taxes, dispersing funds, and minting money, while he allowed the local religious court, the Sanhedrin, to continue in their role. He made sure that he that they kept him in the loop and did their part to keep the Jewish people under control and not let them stir up any trouble for him. Pilate's role was to keep the peace, to keep the Jewish people under control, whatever the cost. He took money from the temple treasury to pay for a water aqueduct for the city, and when the people protested, Pilate's police force came on horseback carrying clubs. Many people died before the mobs were quieted. Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch of Galilee, ruled over all of the land west of the Sea of Galilee. He was the son of Herod the Great. While he was known as a skilled builder of cities, his behavior as a leader was questionable. He is perhaps remembered most for divorcing his wife so he could steal the wife of his half-brother. His father, Philip, was Tetrarch of the land east of the Sea of Galilee. He was loyal to the Roman Empire, and since there were very few Jews in the land, his control was rarely challenged. As a result, his reign was, for the most part, a peaceful one. Pilate appointed Caiaphas as high priest. Caiaphas followed his father's footsteps and had close connections with the Sanhedrin and with the Sadducees the wealthy elite members of the land.
Caiaphas served as high priest for 18 years, which means he had a good working relationship with the Romans as well. That means he did what they wanted him to do. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod Antipas, Philip the Tetrarch, Caiaphas. These are the names of the power brokers in the first century. And the people wondered, how do we stand against people like these? How do we respond to the power and abuse of these people? How will God overcome them? Those were the questions being asked by God's people in the first century. They believed that God would help them. But how? Would God, who would God send? They remembered God's great armies from Scripture. They knew that one of these days God would act. They believed that one of these days God would raise up a man who would show once and for all what real power is all about. Because, after all, those who held power must be overthrown with power, they thought. They talked about Moses, who was raised in Pharaoh's own house and, and used his position of power to free his people from oppression. They talked about David and Solomon and how they used their power as kings to destroy enemies that threatened God's people. They talked about the words of Isaiah and Jeremiah and all of the others who wrote about God's heavenly armies of armed chariots of fire that would one day drive the enemy out of the land. Instead, God sends John, who is a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. God's salvation. Now that's power. And those who heard John wondered what that salvation would look like and who God would send this time. Who will God send to free us? Who will God send to lead us in the great battle against those people of power that control us today? Herod, Pilate, Caiaphas all knew what the people were thinking, and although they did not have the same belief that the Jewish God was going to act against them, they were determined to not allow anyone to challenge their power and control. The Roman Empire knew how to deal with powerful threats. They had the armies and they had the laws, and anyone who tried to act or speak against them with power was quickly silenced. Both the people of power and the people being oppressed said, You sent who? The people making the trip to see John at the Jordan River expected to see power. They expected to see the kind of power they believed God would send to once and for all overcome those that held the control. Instead, they found a man yelling at them from the middle of the river. Instead of armor, he wore a cloth made of camel's hair with a piece of leather for a belt. Instead of a helmet of gold, his uncovered, water-soaked hair hung down on his face, almost covering his wild-looking eyes. Instead of leading armies of angel-driven war chariots, he stood alone. He looked like someone who wandered the wilderness, 
surviving on bugs, berries, and whatever else he could scrounge up. And that is exactly who he was. And they all said, You sent who? The members of the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees, and other people of power who went to the Jordan River expected to see someone who might look powerful enough to be a threat. Someone with a family background, with the wealth and connections to cause trouble. Someone with appearance that would stir people into gathering behind him to attack those in control. Instead, they saw the same thing the other people saw, and they all said, You sent who? It was one of God's great surprises. Now, every generation has their list of names that will represent the power that tries to control them, that tries to keep them from becoming who God created them to be. Who are the power brokers today? Politicians, corporate executives and board members, lobbyists, the famous and infamous, influencers, pastors? I am sure you can make a list of your own. Who would be on that list? How do they use their power? For their own self-interest? Do they look out for the least of these, those whom Jesus identified with? Do they abuse their power? Do they seek the admiration of others or serve with humility? Each generation is challenged to decide how God wants them to act against those in control and what they are to do. How do we wait for God to act against an oppressor? Do we try to overcome those of power by using the same kinds of power they use? Do we look for leaders who have the same powers? Or do we look for something different, something surprising? I suggest we remember that everyone looked at John the baptizer and shook their heads in disbelief until he spoke. He told the crowd to strive to live righteously. We are to do the same, even though we know we will continue to sin. What does it mean to strive for righteousness? Well, you can read further in the third chapter of Luke, or you can wait until next week when I take a look at what John says. But for now, ponder this. Today, more than 2,000 years after John showed up, we might remember the names of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod Antipas, Philip, and Caiaphas. But it is John's name that we remember for proclaiming the coming Savior who has the only true power that has survived, the only power that will survive. God who is with us and around us. God who shows us a better way, the way of love. Amen.